1: Got that old traveling bone Cause this feeling won't leave me alone But I won't won't be losing my way no no long as I
0: Holy loving God, we thank you for the light. We thank you for love. We thank you for joy. We thank you for peace. We thank you for the rain that nourishes the soil as your word nourishes our heart. Be with us as we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before I read our scripture, it comes from Isaiah. You know, sometimes we read the scripture and we bounce right into the sermon and I'm not sure if you all know where in the holy book we're drawing from and what the people of God are going through at that time. So I just wanted to take a minute and give a little bit of context on our buddy, our prophet Isaiah. Isaiah covers such a large period of history that most scholars deal with Isaiah in three parts. So there's 1st Isaiah, which is the first 39 chapters, and that deals with the before and after of the Northern Kingdom, Israel, um, being taken over by a neighboring nation, Assyria. And those years, that's like, just to give you context, 787 to, or 738 to 687 years before Christ. That's 1st Isaiah. Second Isaiah is chapter 40 through 55. That's talking about the years toward the end of their exile. And then third Isaiah, that's what we're gonna read today. That is the final 10 chapters, 56 to 66. And third Isaiah talks about when the Israelites return to their homeland, to Jerusalem, and it's devastated and they have to rebuild. That's like 520 years before the birth of Christ. So you and I were meeting the Israelites after exile when they were returning to their home, but it is devastated and they find themselves in an in-between time. A time where they have to acknowledge what has happened to them. It's very clear to them with the devastation and they have to rebuild for the future and they're living in this present, this in-between time. So with that context, listen now for God's word for you. Isaiah 61, verses eight through 11. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Listen to this. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to
2: God. Have faith in the good. Let your love shine
1: through. I'm coming to
2: let your love shine through. Have faith in the good. Go find your truth. Make your move. Let your love shine through, have faith in the good, no we won't lose, there's too much truth. we'll never lose, have faith in the good.
0: The title of today's sermon is In Between Time. We're beginning the final week of Advent, the final week that we prepare ourselves for the coming Christ at Christmas, the final week that we as a church lean into this theme, the ampersand and the in-between time. And this week at Downtown Church, to mark the in-between time, we're doing something new. We are planting trees. And it began on Tuesday, this past Tuesday at 4 p.m. just as the sun was setting, a few of us met out back and we dug two holes and we planted two live oak trees. We named one Will and we named one Jane. You might be able to see them, that one's Jane. The one over there is Will. We named these trees because they were given in memory of two church members, two late downtown church members, Will Harbison and Jane Beach. Will was ordained here as an elder of downtown church, and during that short three-year service, he died. He lost his battle with cancer, too young. And Jane was a beloved spouse of a church member, John Beach. Jane loved the outdoors. In fact, when we posted pictures of planting these trees, I got several text messages from people who knew and loved Jane and said, ah, that's the perfect tribute for her. It was their friends, Roy Laney and Leighton Lord, who came up with this idea. You see, they had been quietly growing these trees from acorns for the last four or five years behind one of their law practices. They're both full-time lawyers, and then just nurse trees on the side. And they approached us with this idea of planting them on downtown church's campus in memory of Will and Jane. Well, it's cool, you know how this happens where God is doing something with somebody over here and then simultaneously doing something with somebody else over here and those visions just needed to align. Well, that happened because the moment at Craft & Draft that John Beach introduced me to these two characters, Roy and Layton, I realized that we have a master plan for the landscaping on our campus. And you know what we needed out back? Two live oak trees, like the landscape architect had already determined that we needed two live oak trees that would grow and that would have lots of shade so that we wouldn't get sunburnt when we have outdoor worship. Y'all remember back in COVID days? They were already on the master plan and here we were with an offer of two trees. And so we came up with a plan. A few of us met up on this past Tuesday. And during that time, I learned how to plant a tree. It was super fun. But like anything worth doing, it was a process. I learned that you have to make a phone call like 10 days in advance, 811, not 911, 811, to call before you dig, make sure that everybody can come out and mark the ground so you know what you might be tapping into. So we did that and then we met up here and we dug out the holes. Then we took the young trees out of the pots and you have to kind of loosen the, the dirt around the roots gently. And then you put them in the hole and then you take a shovel and you shovel some dirt on top. And then this is my favorite part. I don't know if you do this every time you plant a tree, but they made me, they, they convinced me that this was normal. You had to stomp, it felt like a ritual. Like you had to stomp the, the dirt in they are probably just doing it so they could make fun of me. I was having a lot of fun. So they were trying to make sure that the tree was upright and then I was really excited to stomp the dirt in. And then once you cover kind of the tree hole, then they talked about how you have to make a moat. I had no clue what they're talking about. Apparently you have to add more dirt on top to create this, this ring, this circle around. If you like, think about a, um, a sandcastle you might build at the beach, you know, build a sandcastle. And then people still do this where you make a moat and you go get a bucket of water and then you have a moat around. So that's what we were doing for the tree, built up a moat. And then when they brought the buckets of water, it made sense to me because then the water stayed at the, at the base of the tree. So it took us about 20 minutes to plant these two live oak trees out back, and then we said a prayer. Now, i would never written a prayer for a tree before. That was a new task for me this week, but we wanted to pray for these trees because we wanted to acknowledge that what we're doing is holy work. Planting a tree is holy work because it acknowledges the past, and it's stretching towards the future, and it's marking this in-between time. In the prayer, we acknowledge that this land had a purpose before our feet gathered here. Out back under uh, this lawn, there were two massive tanks filled with oil. Some of you may remember, when we took ownership of this property, we had to dig them out. I mean, I didn't get to dig them out. (laughs) we paid professionals to come dig those tanks out of the ground we remembered in our prayer that there were workers that came to this building where we sit now Central Energy Facility they came every day to make sure that the power stayed on for the state mental health hospital we acknowledged our past and how it affects our present it affects the soil that we're on it affects us and then in the same prayer, we prayed for our future. We prayed that these two young trees would grow extra sturdy and tall for all the downtown church kids that we know will, will climb the tree trunks and play in the branches. I may have prayed for those branches to be extra sturdy so that nobody falls from said branches. And we prayed for the concert goers who will sit under its shade and tell jokes And we prayed for the outdoor classroom it could become for our kids and for our teenagers and for our adults to meet and to consider the philosophical meaning of life as we watch the birds and the bugs that take up residence in the tree. Roy and Leighton told me the story of these trees. Do you know that they got the two acorns from Trinity Cathedral downtown? Four to five years ago, they picked up two acorns and then they planted them and then they watched them and nurtured them and then when they outgrew, they put them in in another planter and another planter and now they're these 10 feet tall trees right behind me. I learned on Tuesday that live oak trees, they can live up to 700 years. Did y'all know that? That's longer than most empires. That's longer than any one of us is gonna live in in this world. These trees can live up to 700 years. In fact, some people refer to them as the cathedrals of the natural world. As we marveled at the lifespan, I got to thinking about this shared rhythm that we have with these trees. Birth from seed, careful, nurture, life and growth, death and new life. I got to thinking about the in-between time, the importance of marking the in-between time. How we plant those trees to mark what has been, what is now, and what God has for us in the future is holy work. The Israelites, they had holy work too. When they returned to their land in Jerusalem, I can't fathom the pain they must have felt. Some of you who lived through the flood here in Colombia, you might have a better grasp if your home was destroyed or you remember helping with some of the homes that were destroyed. Sure, they were happy not to be in exile anymore, not under some oppressive rule, and sure, they were happy to be able to go back to their homeland, but their home was devastated. The things that their ancestors had planted and left for them destroyed. And they were instructed to rebuild with rubble. I wonder if this visible destruction mirrored how they felt inside. They had to be disappointed at least, you know, to start over. They had to be scared to build again because what if it gets destroyed again? I don't know about you, but I get all of their fears. When I sit down to read scripture and they're you know, lots of years away from us, but I pick up on every single one of their fears. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I was scared to receive these two trees and plant them on our property. We could have received them a year ago, but you know what kept us back? My fear. And here was my fear. What if, I mess up. What if I can't keep these trees alive? My husband will let you know that I can't keep a plant alive to save my life. So I was really scared. What if I hurt these trees that represent new life after real trauma for people that I love? Felt like too much pressure. Have any of you had this same side of fear, like hold you back from starting something new? Maybe it's a new business, this idea that you have that you are uniquely gifted to do, but you're scared to take that leap of faith. What if you fail? Those fears are real. Maybe it's a new habit you wanna start, like sobriety or like a, a daily writing creative outlet. And maybe you're thinking to yourself like, okay, I'm just gonna wait till January, because that's what is cool, you know, to try something new. But maybe God is asking you to start right now. Maybe it's a friendship, maybe like your best friend has moved away or something has changed in their life and here you are as an adult trying to make new friends, that's in between time. Maybe a kid is leaving the nest, maybe it's retirement. All of us have some in between time something that's about to start, but it takes a lot of courage for us to overcome our fear and take the next step. I found myself letting this fear of letting others down manifest itself in all sorts of weird ways this past year. I mean, recently I was thinking like, what if we plant them in the wrong spot? You know, what if, what if it's not in the right spot and the sun actually comes up in a different spot? What do we do then? What if a storm takes them down? Woo child, I heard God say. You're not giving me enough credit. God's voice came through the prophet Isaiah, reminding me that God is the one who allows the sprouts to spring forth. And then God's voice came to me through John Beach, whose late wife is Jane. And he said on the phone, Dawn, it's okay. It's okay if the trees die. It's okay if we have to move the trees or if something happens down the road that we can't control. I just want to plant the trees now. I wanna mark the moment now. I wanna remember Jane and Will and I want a new beginning. John was telling me, Isaiah is telling us, don't let fear or logistics hold you back from starting something new. Plant now is holy work. Y'all, God's redemption, it can be seen in glimpses, glimpses of rebuilds after destruction or in new trees after death. But God's redemption is never limited to what we do. God's redemption is always at work, just beyond what we see. Sometimes God's redemption happens in spite of us or because of our failure. Y'all, I sure hope I've amped up the holy work of planting and how fun it is because I want you to join me on Thursday. If you're here in Columbia from one to three, I want you to come. We've learned that right now is the best time in the year, the calendar year to put trees in the ground. So we're planting five more trees right here on Thursday at one. And I hope you'll come because there's something happening in us beyond just placing trees in the ground. Downtown church, God is bursting something new in us. A new vision, a new impact for future generations, a new chapter in our life together as a church And there is energy in this ground that predates us and that will be here far after each one of us is gone. An energy that we can tap into right now in this in-between time. And this week, this time of Advent, it's not just a good time to plant trees, it's also an important time for us at downtown church to pay attention. Advent is the natural rhythm for us as a church to start something new. Downtown church started, do you know when? The second Sunday of Advent. We moved into this building when? Advent. This week we're planting trees. We're starting something new in Advent. And we're planting not just for us, we're part of a grander vision, a bigger plan, a renewal of Bull Street. And there needs to be an acknowledgement of our past and a marking of this moment and a dreaming for the future. Y'all might remember when Bull Street was taken off a few years ago, not a lot of people believed in it. And yet downtown church, early adopters, we were among the first to be here. We didn't let fear hold us back. We claimed the entrepreneurial spirit of God And together, we started something new. And it was the same when downtown church got started, when Amos and some others had this idea. There were plenty of people who looked around Columbia and said, the last thing we need is another church. I mean, come on, there's one on every corner downtown. The last thing we need is a church. But I'm so glad that those first original downtown church worshipers didn't let up on their dream and they nurtured that seed and they planted because here we are just over a few, 10 years later. And I don't know about you, but a bunch of us in this room would not be in church right now if it wasn't for downtown church, if it wasn't for those original worshipers not giving up on a few seeds. I don't know what will come in 20 years or 50 years or 700 years, but we're gonna plant now for that time to come. And I don't know what fruit is gonna spring forth from Will and Jane or the trees we plant on Thursday or out of each of you. I don't know, but God does. And for me, that's enough to get out of bed in the morning, to return thanks to God, to pick up a shovel and get to work. It's holy work, y'all, amen. Grab a shovel, do your part, it is holy work. And as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace, amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.